0: Yeah, every once in a while, you just find yourself in the mood for Miko. It's episode 123 of The Brian Oak Show. 123, recording here in the Smart Start MN studio in South Minneapolis. Hey, hey Brian. Yeah. Uh,
1: could you skate backwards? <laughs> that was me at the snowball. Yeah. You know, when I was like eight years old, I'd race over to a girl. I wasn't very good at stopping, uh-huh. however. i just go right up to her and go, could you skate backwards?
0: So you talk you talked like a, a, a septuagenarian when you were eight years old. I did, yeah? I did. It was
1: a long, it was a long, long <laughs> year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that I really liked going to the roller rink, but then hated skating and the snowball was terrifying. Dude. It was okay, guys over here, girls over here, oh. and oh no, sweaty Palmer <laughs>
1: <It> was rough. <laughs> Not Harry Palmer, sweaty Palmer. Sean
0: Bernard, good to see your face. Oh, How good are to you? see you. How's it going? And you know, it's been a little tense lately. I'm going to be honest; it has. it's been a little weird. Haven't been sleeping well. Something about the end of society as we know it. Something along those lines. I'm not 100 percent certain what it is, but um, it's been it's been difficult. It's been tense. And I want to say two things. The well, first of all, I just want to share this story real quick. You, of course, heard after you know the armed insurrection of our national capital that uh, another warning came out. Uh, Just very recently that the FBI has warned of plans for nationwide armed protests all through next week throughout the inauguration and likely afterwards. According to the AP, let me just share this briefly, if I may. Hang on one second. I don't need that advertisement for women's shoes. Or do I? The FBI Algorithms. Is, the FBI is warning of plans for armed protests at all 50 state capitals and in Washington, D.C. in the days leading up to President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration, stoking fears of more bloodshed after last week's deadly siege at the U.S. Capitol. An internal FBI bulletin warned as of Sunday that the nationwide protests may start later this week and extend through Biden's January 20th inauguration. And that's according to two law enforcement officials who read details of the memo to the AP, but they 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 spoke uh, on the condition of anonymity because they're not really supposed to be sharing intelligence. They didn't share anything specific other than more armed insurrection. So um, do you own any guns?
1: No. Yeah, I don't either. No, I had... you feel uh, like that was a mistake? No. No? I had too many... I had a stepfather that was way too into guns, and uh, we won't go into that on this particular episode. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, understood. Well, I just... I feel like it's unnecessary. Like... uh, protest? Totally cool. I mean, that's it's part of the foundation of democracy. A, a peaceful protest is fine. Yes, you have the right to bear arms. I'm not arguing with the Second Amendment. But I think when we saw the siege of the Capitol, the difference is, instead of a, a, a heavy presence just outside the Capitol, when you storm inside and start vandalizing and damaging and threatening law enforcement officers, you've crossed a line. And so I don't really wish ill on anyone, but the fact that people sort of had it in this head, that it was almost like a in their head a fantasy play thing, and then all of a sudden find themselves on no-fly lists, like where they're at the airport getting arrested, and they're like, "Yeah, well, what, what do you mean I, I can't fly? You voted for the guy who was in favor of travel bans, and now you yourself are on the butt end of a travel ban.
1: Well, one of the guys that was involved with it had a sheriff uniform on, and it makes me wonder, I guess there were even some Minneapolis-related, potentially police officers from Minneapolis involved. Now, we don't know for sure on that stuff yet. Allegedly. Allegedly, right? But... Come on, man. We got to I mean, be cooler about
0: this, right? Oh. I mean, well and also though you can't you can't get worked up into this this frenzy and then not realize that there are actual consequences for breaking the law. You may disagree with the laws, but they are in place. And like that one young woman, what was her name, Elizabeth from uh Knoxville, Tennessee, where she got maced in the face and somebody filmed her. And she's like, I got maced. I got one foot inside and they pushed me outside and maced me. And the interviewer's like, well, what were you trying to do? And she looked at him like he was an idiot. She's like, we're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. (laughs) Now, that's cool. No macing. If you want to do a revolution, understand that if your revolution doesn't go all the way, (laughs) it isn't
1: successful, there will be retribution. There will be consequences. Aren't there rules to the game, though? I mean, there shouldn't there be... Some rules that everybody has to follow when you try to storm the Capitol. Uh,
0: well, you, a you don't storm the Capitol, but B, if you're going to storm the Capitol, you have to have more than a website to back you up. I mean you you need to you need to make sure you can finish the job because there's a difference between protesting and storming the Capitol. I don't want to go too much deeper into that because I want to get to today's guest, one of my favorite people on the planet, Paul Charchian, is going to be joining us. You know his voice from KFAN. You know his influence from being the open Oprah of Fantasy Sports, and...
1: <laughs> It's true. Wow. Um, and, uh, he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's her weight. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um,
0: but he'll be joining us to talk music here just ahead, and he's one of my favorite music heads, so that'll be fun. Um, as I said, lately things have been stressful, uh, both hmm. on a personal level and on an existential level, and I have been turning to music more and more, and I've been listening to a ton of new music, but every once in a while I find either in the playlist or in the algorithm or digging through records, I come across something old. Old school and you know, when you talk about women in hip hop, you get a lot of the modern day stuff like Nicki Minaj, Megan the Stallion, uh Cardi B. You a big fan of WAP, by the way? No. No. Okay. No. We'll get into that another time. I liked it well. when
1: Two Live Crew or whatever did it back in eighty <laughs> five, but
0: well, speaking of 80s rap, there are some very influential and often disregarded or frankly ignored early female influencers in hip hop. Queen Latifah is probably the biggest one that comes most to mind. She had the most commercial success. But my personal favorite is a young woman by the name of MC Light. And that's where we go right here on The Brian Oak Show.
2: cha-cha-cha to this Mardi Gras I'm the dopest female that you've heard thus far, and I do get better the voice gets wetter, nobody gets hurt, as long as you let her do my thing with an 89 swing, the dopeness I write a guaranteed delight, Until the hip-hop maniac, the uptown brainiac in full effect, MC Light is back, and better than before as if that was possible, my competition, you'll find them in the hospital visiting time, I think it's on a Sunday, but notice They only get one day to shine The rest of the week is mine And I'll blind you with the signs that the others have yet to find So come along and I'll lead you the right way Just clap your hands to the words I say, come on Kick, 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 kick 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 this one Kick this one here for me and my DJ. I got the power to spit out and devour. At the same time, I'll eat you up with a rhyme, but I'll let you slide because you accidentally hopped on the wrong side. Now come on, that's suicide. Hypothetically speaking, okay, like say you didn't know what you were doing. You're new in town and you're looking around for another name to ruin. And it's me that you're pursuing? Well, 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 I'll be damned. I might as well tell you who I'm. Capital L Y T E and shock and I'm the one you're mocking. Oh yes, I've been watching you, watching me like the fat on your back. It's plain to see that you're a wannabe. But you can't be what you're not. So you better start living with what you got Kick. Kick this one here for me and my head. TJ K rock let me hear a crack. Now it's time. Rhyme out the patch and you're the receiver Eager as a beaver Time to convert the non-believer That I'm a roadrunner Leaving you in the dust I can't adjust to the times And at times I might just get quicker Ticker of your pacemaker, more tender than a ronnie, but harder than a jawbreaker. So don't ever second-guess me. And if you're wondering who could the best be, think a second and recollect the worst whipping you ever had yet. And I'll bet that I did it. My fingerprints are still on you. How many times I gotta warn you about the light? It'll blind your sight, but the rhythm will still guide you through the night. Kick, 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 kick
0: reppin brooklyn since wow the early 80s mc light right there on the brian oak show with cha-cha-cha it is the brian oak show supported by the good folks over at smart start MN. if you get yourself in trouble and lose your license as a result of a dui dwi what do we go with these days it's dui I, a lot of it?
1: people say du- dui just because there's so many other things you can be all oh, right under mm-hmm. as far as you know under the influence with scissorp and whatnot <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is Sizzurp <laughs> <Scissor. laughs> I don't know what the hell that is
3: You just went, um, (laughs) that old Raiders quarterback, uh, who's the first player taken Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell was big into the purple drank scissor. Really? (laughs) Yep.
0: Yeah. 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 You got two styrofoam cups and a Jolly Rancher in there. You pour your scissor up in your codeine cough syrup and then you mix it with a little Sprite. Oh no. I'd never even
1: heard of that. That's not good. No.
0: Have you been on the internet ever? Is that
1: like a purple hooter?
0: <laughs> I don't even know what that is, and I'm not looking it up right now because right. I don't want to get on any more lists than I'm already on.
3: Uh, wow. The government would never put you on a list, Brian. No, I'm certainly. No, I'm certain never, they wouldn't.
0: Never. No, everything's fine. Everything is mm-hmm. just fine. Um, anyway, driving under <laughs> the influence, lose your license. It's a bummer. It's a drag, and it's a pain and expensive to get it back, but you have to get it back. You have to get back to living a somewhat regular life. Is that what we're doing right now? Is this a regular life? No. Okay. Uh, But you (laughs) want to get back to a regular life, and the good people at Smart Start MN can help you get there sooner than you otherwise might with the ignition interlock system. And if you listen to the Brian Oak Show, let them know that you do listen to the Brian Oak Show. They can get it in your car for
1: less than it otherwise costs. Yeah, all you have to do is go to SmartStartMN.com slash the Brian Oak Show. They'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Paul Charchian, how are you? I am great. Um,
3: All things considered, I I really am great. That's great. You know, I've been personally relatively unfazed by most everything that's happened in the last 11 months. So I, I have no, I have nothing to complain about compared to the majority of people.
0: I love to hear that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well done.
3: Thank you. We and, don't yeah, want you I'm to I just, be just miserable. It's luck. <laughs> Yeah. Right. No, well, but I mean yeah, but, but,
0: whatever but again, don't tempt fate because it seems like this is a well, bad time to tempt fate.
3: I'm not trying to tempt fate, but I do think it's important to acknowledge good fortune, you yes. know? mean you know, nobody in my family's gotten sick. Uh you know, nobody's gotten COVID, you know, it's you know Business is good. Personal life's good. You know, everything's fine.
0: That's fabulous, man. Yeah. That, that's a happy story in a time yeah. where there aren't a ton of happy stories. Now, before we get to the matter at hand, which I know that you're very oh, anxious oh, I to do, jumping? I know you bit. are. Champing <laughs> my God. at yeah, the bit. Exactly. Before we get there, though, you do, uh, you know, you are an entrepreneur. You are restless. When I referred to you as the Oprah of fantasy sports, it's only because you have been doing it for so long. And are you still the president? Of the fantasy sports I, I not, world?
3: I, I, I stepped down from that. 12 years was enough of volunteering to be mm. president of the Industry Association. Volunteering? So, really? I know, right. You What? Know, you know, could you crack a check every now and again? Honest no, to God. Pick up a bill. No. So I decided it was time to stop. <laughs> okay. And I, I had a, I'm had i trying to launch a new company. This this time last year, trying to launch a new company. Just right. decided, you know what? I need to focus on that.
0: Well, and you did launch a new company, and it's leagues.com. There are two L's in guillotine, correct? God, there are. Yes. I'm just
3: making it. Not everybody yes. speaks French. No, I know it's it's a challenge, right? You right. know, when I when I invented the term guillotine leagues for this new way to play, uh-huh. you know, it struck me at the time that I was going to be filtering out some people automatically right. that were never going to be able to spell it or whatever, but. As it turns out, it, Google is good enough that if you get even remotely close, right. it, it'll find
0: us. And it, it is still fantasy sports, but it's a different way to play it. Do you want to talk about it at nope. all? No, nope. okay, that good. is well, not why I'm here,
3: it and it's not even football season. The let's, other, the other thing that
0: Church and I have in common, in addition to loving fantasy sports, is that we both love music yeah. in its many and varied forms. And Church told me that we are talking about music today. What are we talking about today?
3: Well, I, would, I encourage listeners to think about the most... Influential female musician ever, like of all time. All time most influential female musician ever. Now it could be in India or China. There's somebody that's way more influential (laughs) because of the sheer number of people, and I don't know her. You're talking about Western culture, yes, within Within our our culture that I have any, and any of us have any any thoughts on? Because as you think about who this person might be, I am going to make a case for my person, and. The, the genesis of this, really, Brian, comes back to a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. Matt Helgeson. One time when Matt was the co-host of Video Games Weekly, my Tuesday night show on KFAN, right. um, I made a a passing comment that in was in no way pejorative towards this person, but it somewhat diminished her accomplishments. I see. And Matt Helgeson went, whoa, 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 whoa. You do not know the whole story of Dolly Parton.
0: I was certain you were going to say Pat Benatar.
3: Well, you can make a case. Um, I no, don't think no, that's going to that's going to come close. And so, and I think
0: though that this is this is a rich vein because if you don't know Dolly Parton's story, if you don't know her 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 trajectory, I mean, it, it's, it's an incredible
3: story. It is incredible. It astounding, staggering. Agreed, and. Both the story, the levels of accomplishment. Allow me to highlight some of the things that she has done over her now fifty year career. Right. I don't by the way, I don't even like country music. Right. Right. But you can't not be amazed at what she's done. Sean, Brian. Yes. Dolly Parton has <laughs> twenty five gold platinum or multi platinum albums. Not not songs. Albums. albums, 25,
0: wow. which means, and for people who don't know the math, gold is a minimum of a hundred thousand albums and platinum is a one million. million albums.
3: Correct. 25 different. Dolly Parton has 42 different top 10 albums, a record for any artist, any gender, any style of music. Holy Dolly crap. Parton has 42 different top 10 albums.
0: That's wild. I had no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. She
3: has sold over 100 million albums. Which is a lot. <laughs> Her so- That is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Her songs have reached, number one, 26 times the most of any female artist in any genre.
0: And I'm not splitting hairs. Some of those are reaching number one on the country, country chart, chart. Yes. which is still a huge deal. It but is. she's also topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart, oh, too. Absolutely. Which for a crossover artist is actually even more remarkable. For someone, as long as she was pigeonholed as a country artist, to be able to crossover, as she did in the 70s and then into the 80s, mm-hmm. is,
3: is very remarkable. It is remarkable. And we'll talk about some of those a little bit. Now, her she has had... Think about how many times she's charted. How many different songs could have hit the charts?
0: Because we've only talked about number one so far. So
3: far, we've only talked about just hit, you know, top 100.
0: Right. Billboard top 100. I can't imagine.
3: 110 different songs have charted for Dolly
0: Parton. Most of the great artists that you know of don't have 110 Mm -hmm. songs, Songs, let alone 110 that have charted. Charted. Right.
3: Yes. She has been nominated for 46 Grammy Awards, <laughs> most of any female artist all time. 46? 46. That's Grammy wild. Awards. Yes. She has been awarded or nominated for 42 Country Music Awards, Academy Country CMAs. Uh, she has been in the Country Music Hall of Fame for 23 years. Mm-hmm. She's one of the only people across the full spectrum, that has been nominated for an Emmy, a Tony, a Grammy, and an Academy Award. The
0: EGOT, man. I mean, she hasn't hasn't won all of them, but she's she's been been nominated in every category. That's right.
3: And lastly, I'll mention this, just from a longevity, as we're hitting sort of the highlights of her accomplishments. Right. She made her Grand old Opry debut at 18, 52 years ago. That's wild. She was touring at this time last year. And so, I mean, sold out venues, touring, Red Rocks. You I mean, she is still going hard. A few years ago, she headlined Glastonbury over yes! in the UK. Yes, Dolly Parton. <laughs> right. In I, front of a million people I at am, Glastonbury.
0: I'm so glad that we're talking about her right now because I've always been a fan. But I think like you that led you down this path, I lacked an appreciation for just what a significant figure and incredible influence Dolly Parton is.
3: No doubt. Um, Some of those things, you know, may or may not surprise you. What I think will surprise people is Dolly's songwriting. She believes that she is a songwriter before she is a singer. And she estimates that she has written 3000 songs. And most of which are cataloged in some form and really exist in some form. Sometimes it's just words scribbled out on a napkin or whatever. Um, And others are full recordings that have never been released about uh, something to the effect of half or a third of her catalog has ever actually been released. Another third of it has been things she's written for other people and have many of which have have uh, ultimately gone on to great success. Now, she's also been covered many, many times and. None of which will be maybe more surprising and more notable than this cover. Yes, that is a
0: Dolly Parton song. That one I knew. uh, And I knew it because that song was so ubiquitous when it came out. And it also, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but if I'm not mistaken, that song, originally by Dolly Parton, Covered there by Whitney Houston for the Bodyguard soundtrack is what has propelled that to be the single most successful, best-selling soundtrack in the history of recorded music.
3: That may be true, and I don't know that. I do know that it,
0: for a fact, and that's it's absolutely a, that true. That is amazing. Yes.
3: Allow me to tell you a little backstory behind that song. Please do. The Dolly part of that song yep. that nobody knows. So Dolly Parton's 18. Um, she's, she grows up in rural Tennessee in with 12 siblings inside oh. a shack. I mean, it's it's a shack,
0: actually a shack, no actual shack, dirt poor
3: and makes her way to Nashville. And um, at like 17, by the time she's roughly 19 years old, she has already gotten to a stage where she's being recognized for for what she's done. And she hooks up with a guy named Porter Williams. Now, I didn't know who Porter Williams was, but the Porter Williams show Porter Wagner, Wagner. Thank you. Porter Wagner. My pleasure. Porter Wagner's show is uh, a little bit like a hee-haw country show, mm-hmm. but without, I think, the variety stuff. I think it was all music, and he was a very, very successful country music artist, Porter Wagner. And she, he puts her on the show, and she's immediately hit. She's young, she's beautiful, and she's got this amazing voice. Dolly Parton does. And he, be, he effectively becomes her producer, her manager, and she becomes a regular fixture on the Porter Wagner
0: show. It would be easy too, I think, at this point in her career for him to be like sort of a creepy Svengali. But he really was a mentor and a, and a, a, a road in for her throughout for a long, long time.
3: Very true. Um, in fact, she married very early just to on the creepy side. She married very early. And the, the story of her of her husband's fascinating. First, everybody attached to her music career saying, don't get married. You know, you're beautiful. We want to give the, you know, we want to uh-huh. give the, you know, we want, you want your listeners to think they got a chance, a chance right? <laughs> so she secretly <laughs> marries uh, her husband and doesn't tell anybody about it. Nobody's basically seen him for 50 years. He is, they have this dividing line between their public life and their private life. Yep. Nobody's seen him ever. I
0: remember reading about this a long time ago where he he doesn't go to any of the red carpet stuff? No, nope. doesn't go to any of the award nope. shows. Apparently has only ever seen her live in concert one or two times. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And but they've been together for 50 years. 50 years. They're in yes. love, but they just they decided early on this is what we do. So she travels the world, she does all this. Right. He's happy to be there at home. I mean, he's had a successful business throughout his life as well, but he's like, yeah, no, I don't I don't want nothing to do with any of that, which is wild because that's sort of anti that the way everybody thinks about fame and fortune, right?
3: Yes, absolutely. So he clearly was not in it for the fame and the fortune. Right. So, all right, so back to her and Porter, Wagner. Uh Porter is uh the show's doing well, but she is becoming the far bigger attraction on the show. <laughs>
0: A star is born.
3: A big time. And he begins to become jealous and possessive. And they go into a recording session that would ultimately be their final doomed report recording session together in 1974. And she shows up with the song she wants to record. And he doesn't like it. And he says, you know, this is, uh, I want you to come back. Go away. I want you to come back and give me a song about love. These songs, I want, give me a song about love. Don't tell me about Ma's Black Kettle. <laughs> come back with a song about love. <laughs> And she's um, she's angry about it and she's hurt. She comes back two days later with a song about love, but not in the way Porter Wagner expected. It's a song about her loving him and she knows it's over between him and her. Not a romantic love, right? This song, the Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You, was her send off to Porter and her ending it with him. Elvis asked to cover I'll Always Love You mm-hmm. shortly after it came out. And she refused because it was, she felt it was her most important song. The song did have some popularity when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was so intimate for her. So she didn't let Elvis cover it. And she would later go back and say, that was one of the most, one of the best decisions I ever made was retaining that song. Because once Elvis does it, It's over. It's now it's Elvis's song.
0: Well, it'll be known as Elvis's song. The other thing, too, is back then when Elvis decided to cover a song, his manager was such a a powerhouse Mm. that he would say, you know, instead of just covering it and getting like 10% of the take or whatever, you had to sign over 50% of the rights of a song to Elvis Presley, which is why he got so wealthy. (laughs) And that was another part of the reason, in addition to the intimacy of the song, she's like, I'm not giving 50% of the... Good thing she didn't, because with the bodyguard soundtrack being the number I mean, exactly. one selling soundtrack of <laughs> exactly, all time,
3: it right. literally
0: put tens of millions of dollars in her coffers.
3: The phrase that she's used to describe that is, "Um, Whitney, uh, Whitney made the song what it is today, but I made the millions from the song." Today. Exactly. Uh, El- when Elvis divorced Priscilla at the courthouse, Elvis sang. I'll always love you Wow! to Priscilla at the Uh, courthouse. Really? Isn't that amazing? I've never
0: heard that before. That's cool.
3: Yep. Wow. Um, And she's been covered so many times, so many people, so many different ways that even listing them all here would be absurd. Right. You know, that's, you know, that's, she's been covered a million different ways. I want to highlight one of uh, Dolly's probably most notable song and her first crossover hit. It's 1973. And by 1973, Dolly's already a pretty prominent uh, country star. Mm -hmm. But if you want to really become notable in a big way, you got to break out of country. And well, you have to cross over. I mean, the
0: the thing I think of is when I was a kid in the '80s, Charlie Daniels Band already what 15 records under their belt, (laughs) and then come out with the Devil Went Down to Georgia and. Immediately, three times as successful as they've ever been. Crossing over onto the pop charts is a gigantic deal and not super easy. Even though country is one of the most popular formats of music in America for 30, 40 years. Right. It's not super simple to cross
3: over. No. In fact, it's, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. So her first crossover is a song everybody that's listening knows called Jolene. Mm. We all know it. The mm. song is sung from the perspective of a woman who has found her one true love. But Jolene's got her eyes on her man.
4: stay in
0: song. I don't know, but in my opinion, it is, and it's powerful, and uh, on that documentary I told you I saw a few Mm -hmm. years back, um, I heard that she wrote it because they're, you know, this husband, this mysterious husband that no one's ever seen, right, Right. (laughs) but the love is deep and enduring. They've been together for 50 years, and he's not a figment of the imagination. There are a few rare pictures that exist, but apparently early on in their relationship, there was a bank teller that was a redhead and that was the inspiration for this because she had expressed interest in the husband. He didn't return any of it, but still when somebody that you genuinely Mm -hmm. love is getting affection or even attention from someone else, you're like, okay, don't. And, um, no, it's a super powerful song. And you and I also just shared that, um, the Miley Cyrus cover of that song. Great.
3: Excellent. 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 Um, I think the, to write a song that tells a story like that in a song that's only like two minutes, 40 seconds, yeah. it's uh, it's remarkable. Um, and in the song, Dolly is completely outclassed by Jolene. She admits, I cannot compete with you, Jolene. Jolene's beauty is beyond compare oh. with flaming locks of auburn hair, ivory skin, and eyes of emerald green. Which What She's a, a turn of phrase. I, it, it's <laughs> so perfect good.
0: storytelling. And it's, I mean, but also, have you seen Dolly Parton, the dimples? The big eyes, the crazy hair, the flashy outfits, the ample endowments. Mm -hmm. Um, Jolene must have been like Aphrodite. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the humility
1: in it that she's like, Mm -hmm. okay, uh, you're better than I am. And that's the way it is. That's (laughs) a great point, by the way, because I think throughout every aspect
0: of her career, even when she was at her flashiest Dolly Parton has always exuded humility and and basic human decency in everything she does. So true. Self deprecating humor mm-hmm. in all of her interviews. She's um, she just she's very very likable. In addition to her crazy level of talent,
3: you can have your choice of men, but I could never love again. I mean, she's got all the power. Jolene's got all of the power. My happiness depends on you, and whatever you decide to do, Jolene. It's a it's a it's. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's really, really a remarkably lyrically well-composed song, and it's got such a great hook in it. Mm-hmm. Just musically, it's got a fantastic hook in it. Now, as amazing as this song is, somebody somewhere decided, what would happen if I took the 45 of Jolene and played it at 33? Now, right. I think I've played this for you before, Brian. I have heard this before, and but it's um, It's haunting. It's Remarkable. I want, as you listen to this, this is the original Dolly Parton 45 of Jolene, slowed down to 33. Think about the purity of voice you have to have to make it sound this good.
5: Jolene, Jolene. Don't compare with flaming locks of auburn hair, with ivory skin and eyes of emerald green. Your smile is like a breath of spring, your voice is soft like summer rain, and I cannot compete with you, Jolene.
0: That is, it's remarkable in a number of uh, number of reasons. Uh, like you said, purity of voice to be able to slow it down like that. So I work at a record store, right? And mm-hmm. also just having been around turntables, the number of times you accidentally play something, yeah, 35 and 33, or, right. or vice versa.
3: How does it usually go, turn out? It
0: always sounds like the garbage. Garbage, yep. right? Yes, garbage. Yes. A- I mean, every time it's so glaringly obvious that you have done something <laughs> terribly wrong. Right. That is, the. I mean, because I've always thought Jolene was just a little too fast, the original, even though I love it, but slowed down to 33 and a third right there. It's uh, it sounds like an actual song. Doesn't it? It it doesn't sound like it's being played at the
3: wrong speed. No, it sounds like father John Misty to me. And I'm listening to that going, this is like a whole new song. It's (laughs) so great. If you didn't know it was Dolly Parton, you wouldn't
0: automatically go, oh, this is at the wrong speed.
1: Yeah. It's, it has it's, more anguish slow, too. I think you can pick up the lyrics yeah, a little bit better. I, I and agree it's, with that. You know, it's got a little bit more pull to it. Anguish is a perfect word for that. Well said, Sean. It, I, now, many times... Once in a while. <laughs> I will go into
3: your record store, and I will go downstairs into the 45 area, mm-hmm. and I always look for Dolly Parton's Jolene. I've never found it. Mm. One of these days, I need it to turn up just so I can do this at home. Oh, well, someone's already done it for you digitally. I know, <laughs> I know, but... But
0: you yeah, want to be I, able to do it yourself. I want to be
3: able to do it myself. And you, you, I can, the only, it's not like Spotify has got this 45 slowed down. You, ha, you can only do it on YouTube. And right, right. it would be nice to have it. I'd like to have that.
0: He's Paul Charchian. And speaking of Sean, Sean, we should stop here briefly. Uh, and we'll get back to more Dolly Parton here. We should talk briefly about the fact that you are also a sponsor of this show because you are a realtor. And here we are in January when supposedly no one's buying or
1: selling. Is that the case? Uh, No, people are still buying and selling. I just sat on a call this morning where somebody had twenty offers for their home. Jeez, wow! In January, well, I I
0: know that. What what do they call it? Inventory is tight right now, right? Because there's just not a lot out there that's available. Mm -hmm. But that's why you get. That's how you. Wow! So if you are in the market to sell, this is a good time.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, people react differently to what's happening in our nation right now. And some people are doing great and other people are not. Some people are worried about the future and so they're selling and Mm -hmm. some people are not worried about the future and they're buying and selling. And, you know, you have to make up your mind for that. I have clients say all the time, Sean, what do you think is going to happen to the housing market based on what's happening nationally? And my answer is, I have no idea. I have no idea because for some reason I thought because of COVID-19 that actually the market would shut off like a faucet being shut off. The opposite happened. Really? Uh, oh, it went crazy. Like, cause I think, and I think what happened is people were spending so much time in their homes that they realized a couple of things. One, why did I marry this woman? No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, the- or man. Or man. Or yeah. man. <laughs> it, or Man, I need my own office space because there're 3 of us mm-hmm. or 4 of us. Oh, I can't do this in my kitchen anymore. It's exactly right. Yeah. I was on a uh, on a business call the other day and my wife is trying to teach 3rd graders English. <laughs> Yeah. and yelling at the yeah. top of her lungs trying to explain what a wolf in sheep's clothing means. <laughs> true story, true story. And I'm like, I just wanted to go in there and go, uh, kid, we don't literally mean a wolf in sheep's <laughs> So I'm like trying to hold my call. But anyway, so this is the time of year for most people to plan, to make that decision. You know, should we sell or should we buy this year? And I do the homework for you. That's really my job. A lot of it is about the upfront. Let's get the... The house priced right. So if that means multiple offers, great. And that should happen because you priced the home properly. Uh, you, you know, Some people say, well, you priced it way too low if you got 20 offers. Not necessarily. It could be that you marketed it really well. Um, and on the buy side, really knowing the area and what the comps are matter a ton so that you're paying the right price and not overpaying for a house as well. So give me a call, 612-859-2594. We'll set up a time to meet. We can now actually go to coffee again because things are opened up. 612-859-2594. That number is also text-worthy.
0: When you first brought up the idea to me of talking about Dolly Parton, uh, I got very excited because I have always been a fan. Am I encyclopedic on her entire catalog? Absolutely not. Do I like everything I've ever heard? Not only on her musical output, but also every interview, every all of her appearances in movies. Is there ever a time where she is not... Charming and charismatic and, frankly, an angel. I, I, so I love talking about Dolly Parton. And when we talk about the angelic aspect of it, you know, I mean, we never really even hit on her movie career, which wasn't super long. No. But 9 to 5 and Best the Whorehouse in Texas were both huge successes. I mean,
3: 9 to 5 made the second most money of any film the year it came out. And she had never, ever acted before then. That And, you know, she walked into a lead role. Jane Fonda. Here's how it went down. <laughs> James Fonda is the producer of Nine to Five, right. and she's a star of Nine to Five. Mm-hmm. And they've already got she's already got Lily Tomlin as as one of the three lead females. She needs the role of uh, the secretary for Dabney Coleman's lecherous acts, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's listening on the radio, and here's a Dolly song, and the light bulb comes on because Dolly is bigger than life, and you know, perfect for that kind of role. But uh-huh. Dolly's never acted, so. Um, She gets in touch with Dolly and they have to talk about her being an actress. And they decided, you know, we'll just try it. And Dolly was nervous, but it turned out that she was a natural. And she ends up, you know, they were all good in the movie, but you know, she would you would never know watching the movie that she had never acted before.
0: And she also did something historic with the, the, the theme song, 9 to 5, that goes mm-hmm. along with that in that it was number one on the country charts and number one on the Billboard Hot 100 the exact same week, which had not Unreal. happened before.
3: And Dolly's terms of acting in it was, I get to do the theme song. That was built into her, her, her contract. And so when she had downtime on the set, and there's a lot of downtime, she, was, you know, she would write and rewrite and rewrite, 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 9 to 5, yeah. the song. And eventually, by the time it's done... She's got a great version of it. And over the course of the weeks of, of, of filming the movie, she's done all these iterations of it for the, for the crew. And by the end, she's got a tightly honed, perfect song that ends up going to number
1: one. I always think it's interesting when uh, a, a singer-songwriter has the ability to act, but then you think about it, you're like, well, what are the, what's their job as a songwriter? To be believable, to be relatable, right? Sure. And as a singer-performer, to be believable, to be relatable as an actress or actor, to be believable, to be relatable, and like, but it doesn't always transcend that. I. E. Prince. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, Not there, there so is that. good at the acting. <laughs> there's, there's there that. is that. Although yeah. Purple Rain, although it was his fame that really propelled that yes. more than any sort of great acting chops. Well, before we go, uh, I was going to end with an entirely different song, but you've inspired me right now. In fact. Before we talk about Dolly's lasting legacy and her philanthropic efforts, I forgot just how catchy and wonderful the song 2 9 to 5 is. Mm. Can we hear it real quick? Sure. Let's do it. Here's okay. a little Dolly Parton on All the right. Brian Oak Show. It's catchy. It went to number one on the country charts, went to number one on the Billboard charts, and as you said, one of the most successful films of that entire year.
3: Yeah, it's uh, yep. I I don't know that it's a film that stands the test of time in a lot of ways. Well, but it's corny. It's over the it, top. It I mean, is. you know, yeah. I mean
0: the 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 commonplace nature of uh, someone like Dabney Coleman's character probably isn't quite as prevalent mm-hmm. as it used to be. Right. But right. it's. I mean, I don't know. It's still great, and Dolly's still charming as hell in it. And I also just read a story here briefly. Uh, her birthday's coming. Up in about a week, and she will turn seventy five years old. But she always does something that I do every January, and that is leave your Christmas decorations up until about the middle of the month. Now she does it because she likes to keep yeah. them up through her birthday. You do I, it because you are lazy. Oh God, you got that right. Damn, I just I am like oh, take it all down, put it back in boxes, put it up in the rafters. I don't want to do any of it. But now I am going to be able to say I do it because it's that's dolly. what Dolly does. Yeah, yeah that's I what like Dolly that. does. Paul. A lot of
3: pointers from her. We all should. Mm-hmm. She of the Dollywood Foundation, a children's literacy project that mails books to needy children every month from birth to kindergarten. It operates in the US, the UK, Canada, and Australia. Would either of you care to guess how many books they've mailed out? I know it's,
0: I mean, I, it's millions, but I don't have it's any millions? idea. It's millions.
3: 100 oh. million books she's wow. mailed out to underprivileged kids. And there's I'm not most of your listeners know this because they're very smart people. There are <laughs> there are very few pre, um, um indicators for uh for success in children more than reading. I mean, right, read, mm-hmm. you know you, childhood reading is foundational to this to absolutely to, uh, continued success.
0: It's crucial. I mean, even if you lack motivation to be able to get along, you have to be able to read. I remember her talking or hearing an interview once where she talked about the motivation for this. Uh, her dad was illiterate. Her dad could not read, Mm. but she's like, but he was so damn smart. It it (laughs) sucked, but we were dirt poor. And she said she saw it when she was growing up, dirt poor all around her. All these people who couldn't read. It was the main thing that kept them from moving to a better place. And she, once she had the means, a hundred million is a hundred million. That's
3: a ridiculous number. It is. It's a ridiculous number. The Dollywood Foundation also works towards bringing jobs to economically depressed parts of the country where she grew up, no doubt. She's worked with the Red Cross, several HIV and AIDS charities, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. She was given a Honorary Humanities Doctorate from the the University of Tennessee for her work in advocating for education. She was just the second person ever to receive an honorary doctorate from University of Tennessee. Wow. And the last thing I'll mention for her philanthropy is... Recently, within the last year, she's donated $1 million to COVID vaccination oh. research. And it's just, you know. St. <laughs> Dolly. So when, I, when we started this, the way I framed it was the most influential female musician ever. And I think her philanthropy should be considered as a, a, a tentpole for her influence as right. well.
0: I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, from every angle, there are people I know who have referred to her as an angel. There are people I know who refer to her as Saint Dolly, even though she's still very much alive. (laughs) And as far as I know, was never martyred in the eyes of the church. (laughs) And let's pray that she never is. Um, But there's no... Again, when you use terms like, um, you know, when, when we start to get to hyperbole, like most influential ever, I can't argue that she isn't. But I also there's I can absolutely say unequivocally that there is nobody like Dolly Parton.
3: Yeah, that's certainly true.
0: Nobody else like Dolly Parton. Charge, this was fun. We're going to do this again. Yeah, are we? We
3: had, yeah I hope so. We at least one more time before football season next year. Oh, that, right. I mean, <laughs> I, always, I always line up for early January when my fantasy football season's over. Because right. at that point I haven't been on for a long time. And I start nagging you, and that's yep. that's all I got. That's all I got here today.
0: Well, we'll talk again very soon, and I we'll hope come so. up with some more fun music stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to end with a song that is by uh, one of my all-time favorites, Jack White. It's very much of the American Southeast, but you made me think with Jolene. It's a story song. Now, this one is well, it's called Carolina Drama, uh, and mm. it's so it's it's fairly dramatic. It's actually a murder ballad. Really, um, it is. <laughs> It's one of the for people who know the white. Stripes, you say
3: that like that's a whole genre. <laughs> exactly a song. The murder ballad. What's your
1: ballad? favorite murder, murder ballad? Song. It
0: absolutely is a genre. Is of music. it really murder ballads? Yeah, I've, I've never, never heard, heard of, this. of it. Either, What's some yeah. what gothic sort of? Okay, so these storytelling songs, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. they're fun. Often they're haunting. <laughs> a murder ballad, like um, like uh, oh my god! I, Now because I just I'm so caught off guard by the fact that you guys it
1: is we a don't genre. know what a
3: murder ballad is. I. I don't know. I mean, is, is I assume it's a song about a murder. I assume it's not a song that wants to incite well, there's suicide me ballads to
1: like uh, Billy murder. Joe McAllister jumped right. off the telehead. According Bridge. to our good friend, yes. and by to- the way, Dolly has got one of those as well. A suicide song called "The Bridge." She does.
3: Mm-hmm. Great song. Man, too. I wish we could.
0: All right, so according <laughs> according to Wikipedia, a murder ballad is a subgenre of the traditional ballad form dealing with a crime or a gruesome death. Their lyrics form a narrative describing the events of a murder, often including the lead up and or aftermath. I mean, I'm thinking of things like The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. I'm thinking of Delia's Gone by Johnny Cash or Long Black Veil. Stories about something super tragic that mm-hmm. are told in this haunting I the way that you two are looking at me right now, I feel like I'm in the
1: Twilight Zone. What's his other song with "I took a shot of cocaine and I shot that woman down"? That's kind of a murder. Not committing the murder. Does the singer commit the murder in these, or (laughs) is just a song about About the murder,
0: or is is somehow related to it? Is it a murder
3: mystery? Can
0: I get clues (laughs) to the who done it? The one we're about to hear,
3: hey Scoob,
0: is something of. You guys are really removing from the atmosphere of the murder ballad. Unbelievable. I am going to send you both. A dozen murder ballads over the course of the next couple days, because oh, right. there are so many of them, including this one right here. Now, most of them go back a long ways. They're Appalachian, mm-hmm. they're storytelling. They are, you know, bluegrass or roots music. But every once in a while, somebody pops up with one. Nick Cave's got a great one. What, where the wild wind blows, or uh, anyway, this one right here is one of my very favorites. But I like the atmosphere, I like the storytelling, uh, and the the way the story unfolds is both haunting and exciting at the same time. And and I guess for people who think they know Jack White very well, mm-hmm. this, I think, showcases another aspect of his songwriting style and his songwriting chops. He did this with his one of his side projects, The Rack-On Tours, but he's also done it a solo acoustic version of this song, which is excellent. But we're going to wrap things up, Paul. Excellent to see you.
3: It was great to be here.
0: Sean, good Thanks, to see you, too. Yeah. You <laughs> Thanks, bet. everybody. We're going to leave you with The Rack-On Tours. The song is called Carolina Drama. It's a murder ballad on The Brian Oak Show.
6: Not sure if there's a point to the story, but I'm going to tell it again. So many other people try to tell the tale, not one of them knows the end. Mother and her boyfriend Who was a triple loser With some blue tattoos That were given to him When he was young And a drunk temper That was easy to lose But thank God He didn't own a gun Billy woke up In the back of his truck Took a minute To open his eyes He took a peep Into the back of the house Found himself a big surprise He didn't see his brother But there was his mother With a red-headed head in her hands While the boyfriend Had his gloves wrapped around To the truck, threw off, and had to struggle to stand. He saw that redneck bastard with a hammer turn the priest into a shell of a man. The priest was putting up the fight of his life, but he was old and he was bound to lose. The boyfriend hit as hard as he could and knocked the priest right down to his shoes. I actually met The preacher lying there in the room He heard himself say That must be my daddy Then he knew what he was gonna do Then he got up enough courage Took it up and grabbed the first blunt thing he could find It was a cold glass bottle of milk That got delivered Set to